This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. This is AMI Audio Live, bringing community events closer to you. Welcome back to AMI Audio Live coverage of the 2019 Canadian National Blind Hockey Tournament happening here at the Madame Athletic Centre in downtown Toronto. I am your host, Brock Richardson, and we have you covered for the next three hours or so. First, we're going to start with the open division game with the Pats against the Leafs. I'm joined by Brett Wills and Cam Jenkins. How are we doing, gentlemen? Brock, I, I can't believe that it's 1 o'clock on a Sunday afternoon. Usually on a Sunday afternoon at this time, I've, I'm still in bed, so. Well, I'm glad you're here. Thank you. And not in bed. I, I really appreciate that, your sincerity. Well, it's a matter of opinion yours, so. And how are you doing? Me? I'm ready to go. Uh, last couple of games that we're uh, going to be teeing up here. Looking forward to both of those games. Um, should be a good competition. So, in case you were not with us uh, last game, we had Team East, oh, Team West, pardon me, against the United States with a final score of 11 to 3. Gentlemen, thoughts on the game? Uh, what can you say when it's 11 to 3? Dominant performance uh, by Team Canada. And Jason Yuha, probably, uh, like we keep saying, the best uh, blind hockey player in the world. He had not one but two hat tricks that game. So um, Double hat trick. Double hat trick. Which is crazy to think. Brett, what say you? You know, Team USA, as we pointed out uh, earlier yesterday, had a key injury with a player going down with a broken collarbone. And, and that uh, that really hurt them when, uh, when you've got... Uh, Someone that's a, such a catalyst on your team going down early in a tournament like this, it really it messes with your game plan. It messes with your uh, physical and mental psyche. It, uh, it, it was just a shame that that happened, and I think that that's probably part of the reason why the USA has struggled all weekend. We uh, talked about it a little bit, but being a teammate... How big is it when you lose a guy, you know, right near the end of the tournament? How how much can that really change things? Uh, well, if it's at the end of the tournament, um, you know, it, it still can change a lot of things. However, um, even with um, Anthony uh, Chesro in the lineup before he broke his collarbone, um, you know, they still weren't able to uh, beat either of the Team Canada's. So, um, but without him out of the lineup and his defensive presence, it really showed how much uh, more, um, you know, that they missed him at the end of the day because of the scores and, you know, the 11-3 score. Brett? I, I agree with Cameron. When you've got a guy like that out of the lineup who's such an important piece of your back end and he's out for for the, I would I would guess he was out for half the tournament. It's tough. It's really really tough. Yeah, it, it's 
tough when you lose anyone uh, to injury, but I was... When I heard that it was his collarbone, like, the first thing I thought of was, oh, my goodness, painful. That's the um, that's the worst thing. So we wish him a quick recovery, well, as quick as possibly can be. One of the things, guys, that I want to bring up was a conversation you may remember from our uh, play-by-play team talking about how they call blind hockey blind hockey, but yet... They've changed sledge hockey to call it para-ice hockey. Do you guys think that it should be called para-ice hockey? Or do you think it should uh, symbolize the, the blind or the, the sledge part? Where would you guys sit on this? Well, I, I've been playing sledge hockey, para-ice hockey, since I was nine years old. And I'm turning 35 this summer. <laughs> You so are old. I am. I see some gray hair coming through. I all, am uh, really old. And, and go down to Loblaws and get you some uh, hair coloring on the, the way. The gray hair has only started since being on the neutral zone. But uh, you get used to calling something by one name for as long as you do, and then all of a sudden they change it. It, it, it gets tough having to relearn to, to call it something else. Uh, well, I believe your question was is whether or not we should call it para uh, ice hockey or have it um, uh, be blind hockey. Is that no, no? I'm saying so. It, blind hockey identifies the fact that that they are blind mm-hmm. or partially sighted. Mm-hmm. Sledge hockey used to identify the fact that they were in a sledge. Mm-hmm. Now sledge hockey has changed to para ice hockey. Mm-hmm. If you are sledge hockey, are you comfortable with it being para ice hockey or do you think the sport should have that identifier like they do here at this tournament um i i don't really think so i think calling it para ice hockey uh, is more indicative of um you know being a para athlete uh which that game is and it does signify that you're playing hockey so um to still name it sledge hockey uh, just because you're playing in a sledge uh, I don't think you have to define it that way. Um, you, you know, you should define it as uh, being a para-athlete. Fair enough. Yeah, I think um, you could have a, a panelist of uh, 10 people and you probably would get varying of opinions. I am personally okay with uh, blind hockey, saying blind hockey because that's what they're comfortable with. And if para-ice hockey is comfortable with para-ice hockey, then that's fine. It's just when people have a strong opinion who are in the sport one way or another, I think that should be viewed as the, um, you know. And at the end of the day, when you say sledge hockey, you're identifying with the sledge. You're not identifying with the player and the challenge that they might have. And the challenge that they have in life uh, is uh, being a para-athlete. Fair enough. So let's uh, discuss the uh, game we are going to witness now, this or very soon. The St. Pats versus the Leafs. Uh, the St. Pats have won both of those games, and the Leafs yet to win. Uh, what do you expect in this game? I'm wondering if the fact that this, the Pats have two goaltenders is going to make a difference uh, in terms of uh, fatigue. Because uh, the, 
the Leafs only have one, and so Mario Ross, who is the goaltender for the Leafs, has played all their minutes. The St. Pats have ha- have two, and they've split their minutes fairly evenly. So, actually, that's very interesting that you uh, feel that way, that having one goalie uh, would be a factor. And I, and I see that. I I think it... it, it uh, it certainly has its benefits, but uh, I think the its downfalls weigh them. Uh, if uh, if the Leafs ha- have an injury in in that during a game, who do they go to? We're not going to do a uh, preview of this game per se yet, but for those of you that are um, keeping track at home, the uh, East is currently undefeated the west has canada east is currently undefeated canada west has one loss to of course canada east so if canada west wins they have to win in regulation which would mean that they would then have a tie with canada east if that is the case we will go into a 10 minute overtime period to determine a winner there is no plus minus in this tournament we will strictly go by determining a winner in overtime if Canada East wins in regulation if they go into overtime then Canada East will automatically win because you can only receive two points in overtime so that will be coming up later guys I want to talk a little bit of uh, NHL hockey because we never got to this yesterday, but Eugene Melnick has been in the news and uh, making some comments. Brett, I know you have a strong feeling about this. Can you please let us in on what your feeling is? Well, uh, there, uh, Mr. Melnick was uh, on the radio yesterday uh, in Ottawa, and he, uh, he spoke to an individual on... Uh, TSN 10, or sorry, TSN 1200, which is the radio station. And uh, he had some very uh, colorful, sorry, colorful words uh, about everything that was going on. He accused the mayor of Ottawa, Jim Watson, of mouthing off and implied implied that the team was better off trading Matthew Shane, Mark Stone, and Ryan DeZingle as they did. Um, but he also said that the fans were uh, very upset. And I, I'm paraphrasing because I, I, I don't want to use the language the, that uh, he used. He also tore the Ottawa media apart. Uh, and he recounted an incident where he accused one of the reporters of using Bush League tactics. He didn't name the media member in question, but uh, the media member in question picked up on the story. And uh, <laughs> he did. He, he called it on Twitter. He called himself out on uh, on Twitter, mentioning that it was him. He, uh, I, I don't know, man. He, he's uh, he's blaming everybody but himself yep, for totally. uh, for the little Breton Flats incident, where they are no longer uh, talking to get. Uh, well, yeah, because everybody's suing everybody. In that situation, and it's just a mess. The big thing that I noticed is that 
He even had a comment about our hometown Maple Leafs. Of course he did. Where he suggested <laughs> that they <Two> were fans. <laughs> they were in a lot of trouble because they've spent or go, are going to be spending majority of their salary cap on the first, second, third, and fourth line and no money on their defense because they all have no money left. Why doesn't he worry about his own team before he starts throwing stones at others? Just a thought. Just a thought. Yeah, and it's funny, Brock, because it's my understanding that, that this gentleman has an awful lot of money, so he spends an awful lot of time not here in Canada, but in his posh estate down in the Barbados. <laughs> yes, because he probably should retire uh, before too long because he's just getting to be kind of crusty and ornery and... It's, although it's fun to watch. It is fun to watch, for sure. I like his um, comments on the at the trade deadline when they caught a camera and he, the reporter asked him a question. And he basically said, uh, that's why I hired Pierre Dorian to, uh, to, to, to answer these questions. And I'm thinking, okay. And so he gets in his limo and drives away. And that... He just does not want to face the media, but he will he will attack them for sure. Well, he's also suggested in the last 48 hours that Dorian's job is on the line. And, and I mean, that's probably the case because when you're a general manager or, or a coach in the NHL, you always have to w- watch your back to see who's creeping up on you to take your job. But, uh, but I don't think you necessarily need to say that about the team that you own. Ladies and gentlemen, how about a we are having a uh, medal ceremony for the low vision division. So you're going to hear uh, the uh, awards being given out as we talk. Cam, what say you about uh, the Ottawa Senators situation? Uh, with the Ottawa Senators situation, I just can't believe um, Melnick. And, you know, if you go on Twitter, it's the hashtag Melnick out. Um, you know, just when he's going and he's um, bad-mouthing the mayor of Ottawa, um, he's trying to justify the fire sale that went on, um, saying that if they signed uh, Dezingle, if they signed Duchesne, if they signed Stone, uh, by the time their seven- or eight-year contracts were over, um, they were going to be so uh, old, and they have kids coming up right now, and they want to be able to get the kids um, going into the lineup. So, And that's absolutely asinine, just, because you need, you need a leadership group or a core that that uh, is a bit older than your, your kids coming th- through the system. Yeah, but at the same time, if they had those players and if they signed those players and they were able to get some free agents or some of the young uh, kids coming up, uh, they may have had a good team. Uh, this past year didn't really show that because, or this year rather, uh, hasn't been showing that because they've you know, just been so god-awful this year at Ottawa. But, um, you know, I think the best thing for the uh, franchise of Ottawa would be to uh, somehow reopen uh, the LeBreton Flats um, project and get it to go there. Um, But as we've talked about on the show before, at least on the neutral zone, um, it might be a hard sell uh, for Ottawa to stay there, period, because it's a government town, and the government can't buy the season's tickets. So you're relying on uh, a lot of other people to be able to buy those season's tickets. So 
I don't know if it's going to be able to last in Ottawa, uh, regardless whether Melnick's there or not. Here's the here's the only problem with the LeBreton Flats situation. If Eugene Melnick is there, it will not be reopened. In order for that to be reopened, Eugene Melnick has to be gone out the door. See you later. Bye. Because he's fractured relationships with so many people. I don't have enough fingers and toes to count how many people that is. And that's including the Ottawa citizens who you want to buy tickets to your your, your venue and, and go and support Ottawa. And we've said before on this show, or sorry, on our, our the neutral zone, that uh, there's been instances in professional sports where the commissioners and or other owners have for, forced an owner that is toxic to the league to sell. And, and I don't see why this this can't happen, although it seems that... Yeah, that Kurt, situation was completely different as far as it, this situation. It, it, so. it is totally different. But it also seems like Gary Bettman and Eugene Melnick are buddy-buddy, uh, which, uh, in my opinion, makes total sense because I, I've call, always called Gary Bettman How, uh, a weasel. So, And at the end of the day... Mudslinging between uh, governments and owners of sports franchises, especially in Canada. It happens all the time. It happened in Calgary or still going on in Calgary, too. And at the end of the day, most of the time, they kiss and make up. So I think this is just a lot of posturing um, when it comes to LeBreton Flats. I think that is going to happen. Um, but as far as all the other... Um, you know, things that are happening in Ottawa with the team and the fire sale and Melnick's comments, I... Yeah, I love the uh, mayor's comment, and it was very quick and very uh, witty. He said, quote, I don't take my marching orders from Eugene Melnick and walked away from the, the camera. Basically to say, you focus on hockey, I'll focus on what I'm here to do, and, and that's it. And I think it speaks volumes to the whole situation. Ottawa is a situation that's going to take you know, I would argue probably five years to rebuild this properly. I mean, this guy's saying in two, three years he's going to rebuild the team. And uh, and he's going to spend to the cap spend limit. And the cap, exactly. And I, and I don't think he's going to be here for three years, to tell you the honest-to-goodness truth. The other team I want to talk a little bit about is the surprising uh, Montreal Canadiens. Can they really squeeze into the playoffs at the end of the day? As long as they have Carey Price, uh, it's definitely not out of the question because he's one of the best goalies in the NHL today. Uh, so as long as he's uh, playing up to his expectations, uh, certainly Montreal can do it. And they have a, a team that I think is made for the playoffs. So I think they could go fairly far in the playoffs if they end up making it that far. I agree with Cameron. Carey Price there's is, been way too much agreeing going on this weekend. It's uncomfortable. I, I know, man, but we're uh, we're Sunday afternoon, and yeah. and we're out in public at a live event, and that has a lot to do with it as well, as it's far as agreeing. You know, again, I agree with Cameron. It's it's quite a bit different <laughs> when we're behind four walls that are padded. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> if you want to hear the real Brett and Cam, you should tune into the Neutral Zone. Saturday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern, right here on AMI-audio. We're giving you a little taste of it, and the reason is is because we are waiting for the Open Division game. The uh, Zamboni is uh, coming onto the ice as we speak to flood it for the game, so we should be getting to it in mere moments. If um, 
if you guys are betting people, how many Canadian teams and who are they do you think will make the playoffs? That's a really good question. I know. Uh, Toronto's making the playoffs. Winnipeg's making the playoffs. And Calgary's making the playoffs. Montreal may squeak in there. So I will say four. Cam? I'm going to have to say four as well because I think Carey Price is going to will that team into the playoffs. And uh, the other three uh, aforementioned teams um, are all locked to make the playoffs. So. I'm going to also say four. Um, my next question will be, which of those four make it through the first round? Calgary and Winnipeg for sure. I'm uh, not so sure about Toronto and Montreal. Calgary, Winnipeg, and Toronto are going to make it past the first round. Ooh. Toronto, last year, they didn't make it past the first round. I think they've learned a lot from that experience. Uh, Marner was the best player in that series. And I think with uh, John Tavares, um, with the Maple Leafs this year, I think that's going to be enough to get them over the hump into the second round. Uh, well, for me, I just worry... I worry about Toronto because they have good offensive uh, firepower, but it's the defense that I'm worried about. And it's the relying on um, Frederick Anderson to be the way he can be. I mean, the person that scares the living daylights out of me right now, going back to Boston, is Jake Gardner. Because Jake Let's talk about Jake Gardner. Let's, Why don't we talk about Jake let's Gardner? Let's do that. Let's Jake Gardner has been hurt for how long? And it started when Jake Gardner was out. The slide of the Maple Leafs not playing well started when Jake Gardner was out. So maybe all the Jake Gardner haters out there need to realize now how important he is to the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's really funny you talk about Jake Gardner. I'm going to go back and talk about our AMI hockey pool. And I drafted Jake Gardner into our... AMI hockey pool, and I was relying on him. So the fact that he's been out and not on injured reserve has been really frustrating. Yeah, Jake Gardner, uh, I don't know. He just, he makes me uncomfortable. Seriously, he he really, and, and I say this because we're going back into Boston and we're doing the same thing. We're going to yeah, not have home ice. It's going to be in Boston, hostile environment, and it's very scary. And Jeff, what do you think uh, about uh, Jake Gardner? Do you think he's uh, valuable to the Maple Leafs uh, going into the playoffs? Or Yeah, I've always been the Jake Gardner guy. I think uh, he brings a lot to the team. I mean, you take the good with the bad. It's like sometimes you watch him make a play, and you're just like, oh, my goodness, what did he just do? That was pretty impressive. Or you can be like, oh, my goodness, what did he just do? Uh, and obviously last year didn't really end well for Jake Gardner after being, I think, like a minus five in that game <laughs> seven against yeah. Boston. So, of course, naturally, Leaf fans are going to rip him, and so is the media. But I think uh, as he's been out for quite some time now for Toronto, uh, I, I think a lot of people are realizing just how valuable he is to the Toronto blue line. And just because he, he makes some bonehead moves sometimes doesn't mean he's a bad player. 
And like I said, you got to take the good with the bad. And I think the good usually outweighs the bad. He's one of the better players. I'm going to ask you guys a question. Who would you guys rather have in the lineup? Jake Gardner or Ojeganov in Marincin? You guys tell me. Oh, For me, it's an easy pick. Jake Gardner. <laughs> yeah. No questions asked. Jake and Gardner. Too many times in life, that's what we concentrate on. We concentrate on the one bad game Jake Gardner had or the one bad mistake we had. We don't remember the 10 good things that we did in life. It's always the bad thing that we have to concentrate on. And we need to change our frame of mind, including myself. Sir Jeff, can you repeat your question? Who would you rather have in your lineup? Would you rather have Jake Gardner or Martin Marincin or Igor Ozhiganov? Oh, clearly, clearly the guy that, that has been more consistent on the positive notes. My case is rested. But, but Jeff, I'm going to ask you a follow-up. Are you not nervous with Jake Gardner? Not at all. I mean, uh, I feel like in playoff time, everybody has a little bit of nerves, especially uh, the fans, media, players. It, it all gets to them eventually a little bit, even if they don't necessarily show it. I think that uh, I'm, I wouldn't be nervous with any individual player, but at the same time, you can be. So, so I, I wouldn't say well, I'd be more nervous watching Jake Gardner than I am Frederick Anderson. So uh, I, I think, you know, if you're a fan of a team, and it goes for any team. I mean, the same thing for the Calgary Flames, like we were mentioning yesterday, their goaltending situation with Riddick and, and Smith. Yeah, they're both good goalies, but are they going to be able to really steal those games when they matter? And are you going to be nervous with Riddick and Net? Are you going to be nervous with Smith and Net? Uh, it, it, you're going to be nervous regardless because it's playoff time. And so the, I, I feel like it's, it, it's unfair to say, yeah, I'm nervous with this guy, but not with this guy. But, I mean, there are some guys who are more consistent, and you're probably a little bit less nervous. But I don't know. I, I just feel like it, it's unfair to say just because he had a bad tournament or a bad playoffs last year. It's just, uh, I think it's a little unfair. So did you close your eyes in Game 7 last year when uh, no. you no. Know. And this is what I hate about Leaf fans <laughs> is that they get so into it. And they always, they always point the finger at one individual as their scapegoat. We've seen it time and time again. Before it was Phil Kessel, yeah. and before that it was Dion Phaneuf. Both those guys are great players. Phaneuf maybe not so much anymore as he's been a healthy scratch with the LA Kings this year. But at uh, the time. But at the time, Phaneuf was a viable top two, top four defenseman. Probably top four defenseman. Uh, and Phil Kessel was a point-of-game player with the Toronto Maple Leafs that were really lousy going through their down years and people would just rip on them unfairly and I hate when people do that you win as a team you lose as a team you shouldn't be blaming your one bad loss on one individual player it just does not make sense to me and this is a funny market when uh, you're dealing with fans you either need to or you either have a positive mental attitude when you're playing for the Leafs or a negative mental attitude when you're playing for the Leafs. And you need to have a positive mental attitude to be successful in this market. In any market at the end of the day, some markets are a little bit tougher because of the media availability and there's so many microphones in your face. Um, but yeah, like, does anyone remember how Jake Gardner did in the other six games? In the and on that note, we're going to take a break here on this 
AMI Audio live presentation, primarily because I don't want to answer your question. It's not that I, it's not that I didn't <laughs> yeah, hear I didn't it. Think you'd I just answer don't want to answer the question. We're going to be back here on this AMI Audio live presentation, and we're going to continue the discussion about the uh, open division game we are about to see happen. Stay with us here on this AMI Audio live presentation of the 2019 Blind Hockey Tournament. We will be right back. Welcome back to AMI-Audio Live as we're down here at the Madame Athletic Center broadcasting the Blind Hockey Tournament. We are about set to watch the Open Division, St. Pat's versus the Leafs. The St. Pat's have won the first two games. For more on the game and to call the first period, let's send it over to Nico Cardarelli and Mike Roth. Gentlemen. Hi. How are you? That's, that's, that's good. Nico's just uh, grabbing a bit of a bit of a bite to eat here. He's got to refuel, folks. I'm sorry, boys. He's the I busiest man in broadcasting. I didn't realize you were throwing to me. I was throwing some pizza down there. That's okay. We'll forgive you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Well, let's get everybody set for this open division game here. As we've got the Leafs in the yellow taking on the St. Pats. Should be a great game here for open Wrapping things up, it's been all St. Pat's so far through the first two games, but I know the Leafs are looking to rebound as they get ready to bounce back here on Sunday. My name's Nico Cartarelli, very pleased to be joined alongside Mike Ross, who's doing the color commentary. And Brian Floyd, who's down at rink level doing the PA announcing. You know, Mike, I think... I'd be a little bit remiss if I didn't get your critique of another fellow piano. Oh, that How's never Brian happen. doing? I would never critique. <laughs> so your assessment, maybe that's the more appropriate I think, word. I think he does a fantastic <laughs> job. And uh, I, you know, I, I haven't really ever heard a bad PA announcer. I've heard guys make bad mistakes, mm. like the, the lacrosse uh, uh, announcer in Philadelphia this se- this season. Okay. Made some racist remarks. Oh, in a game that didn't go over very well. I can't imagine that would ever go over. So, well. uh, so yeah, he was fired. Wow, um, I didn't so, even hear about that. Wow. Yeah, it was in the the National Lacrosse League, and he made comments about an Indigenous player oh, come who on. had a lo- had a ponytail, oh. and he made a comment about like cut off his ponytail oh, or something no like that. Way. Yeah, it was. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, just. Not smart. Nope. Just not smart. But Brian does a fantastic job here at our tournament and uh, and in the Ontario Hockey League. Yep, the voice of the North Bay Battalion and a good friend of ours, Brian Floyd. Very happy to have him here doing the PA. We're underway in the opening period of this open division game as right now the Leafs putting pressure on with Graham Foxcroft. He makes the pass to the far wall for Craig Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick loses the handle on that one. Secured at the blue line. Shot right on. Big save from Justin Wack as he kicks out the right leg to make a crucial stop early. Justin Wack uh, coming off the experience in the select division earlier today, playing for Canada West against the United States and uh, played the third period in that game. A couple of goals in that period on Justin, but they were power play goals. And, and the U.S. was on a bit of a roll in that third period, certainly. Better in their first 40 minutes, so 
There's a shot off the post and in. It beats Wack cleanly as it comes off the stick of Jeff Martin, and he opens up the scoring for the Leafs. It's one nothing. Sorry, Justin. There I was <laughs> singing the your broadcaster praise. curse. Yeah. yeah, I was singing his praises. And that listen, that one was off yeah. the post and in. Nothing he could do about that one. I mean, that could have gone either way. Half an inch to the right, and that thing's in the corner rather than in that. Yeah, no chance for Justin on that goal, but a great snipe by Jeff Martin. A member of the Colorado Visionaries blind hockey program, and he opens up the scoring here for the Leafs, 1-0. A reminder to let us know who you're cheering on, where you're tuned in from, and we'll get to a few viewer shout-outs throughout the broadcast today. Is Brian Floyd playing the music, too? He is. If you have any requests, he is on well, the spot I request that. that he no longer play the New York Rangers goal song. <laughs> That's my number one request, Brian Floyd. Maybe a little bit Ooh. of Hall and Oates instead. Yeah, that'd be all right. <laughs> Here goes James Rettel for the St. Pats, bringing the puck up the ice on the far wing. Remind but, me, remind me to tell you a story about the the uh, Hall and Oates song after. How it came to be picked as no, the no, song? no, just something that I happened. I've wondered that often. Something that happened last week, and uh, okay. I'll, I'll tell you all about it. We'll have to bring that up in a bit. But here goes Vince Ryan for the Leafs as he makes the pass over to Martin. Martin back to Ryan in the high slot, takes the shot. Good defensive block as that goes just wide of the post. Over to the far side, hash marks. Ruddle battling for possession. Gets it past the first player, and then he ends up knocking down Dominic Rue as... Here comes a chance for the St. Pats. They draw it back, and, oh, that's cleared away by the Leafs. Good work as it's now secured by Hugh LeDuc for the St. Pats. He gets the puck in deep where Randy Banks tracks it down for the Leafs. Banks flips it over to the near side off the wall and out across center where it'll be secured by, well, that's... Uh, we don't know who that is, but some good work there by the red team as now it's on the stick of Jan Gobey. His shot gets turned aside, and that was Chaz Miseraka with the opportunity moments ago for the St. Pats. Miseraka gets it back now, flips it, and that just goes wide of the post. Dylan Bradbury with the clearance to the far side boards, held in by LeDuc. He plays it to Miseraka. Tries to feed it out front, broken up initially. Puck's rolling around. Ashley Andrews, as she's falling down, tried to guide it on goal, but it was blocked by the Mack truck, Brian Mackey. Hugh LeDuc tries to lift that one over. Nothing doing on the first attempt. Gobey has it for the St. Pats. Stripped away from him as it's shot in deep by Norman Blade. Lay giving chase, but it's Gobey who comes up with possession. Gobey has a teammate streaking up the right wing in Ashley Andrews. He stays along the near wing before Dustin Butterfield separates him from the puck. Andrews digs it off the wall. She gets dumped, no call, as Mackey smacks it down the ice. And it'll be picked up by Ian Rankin. Steve Gallerneau takes it across center ice and into the offensive zone. He's got a teammate with him. Dishes it off to La Montagna. Back in front intended for Tunis, but that gets broken up as Gallerneau fighting for it in the far corner. It's stripped away from him by Foxcroft. And Graham Foxcroft, a former MVP here at the national tournament, 
ends up sending it down the ice. Collision there as Norman Blay gets the worst of that contact, but he pops back up and here goes Nathan Tunis on a break for the St. Pats. Tries to feed it cross ice for Lamontagna. Takes a shot, a huge save from Mario Ross. And then he covers up the rebound with 14.34 left here in the period. So last weekend, yes. take my mom. I go up to Ottawa to see my mom, take her to a Leafs Senators game. Right. She's cheering for Ottawa. My cousin... Uh, Alex Marchand is the DJ for the Ottawa Senators. Okay. So we're sitting in the arena waiting for the traffic to sort of thin out a bit. Hmm. All of a sudden, as the walkout music is playing, Hall & Oates starts to play. Come on. Our goal song. No way. I immediately pick up the phone <laughs> and call him. He's laughing at the other end of the line. I had some choice words for him <laughs> right. that I cannot repeat here on the broadcast. That's some high-level trolling right there. It was huge. <laughs> and uh, I said, well played by him. I think the kids would say that's savage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that game certainly did not go the Leafs' way that night as Mario Ross holds the post well and covers it up for the Leafs here in this one. No, that uh, that was a tough one. Uh, 80% Leaf fans in that building mm. that night and uh, 6-2 loss Oof. it was tough the worst part was my mom needling me all night <laughs> right of course constantly <laughs> yeah that was tough what do you say to your mom right like well I think I think what... stop mom <laughs> come on stop like what else are you supposed to say to your mom you know what I like most about that because I saw on social you had posted a little bit how the Ottawa PA announcer was from Toronto yep. and his mother was wearing a Leafs jersey. Of course, your family coming from Ottawa, your mom wearing the Sens jersey. I thought that was just a perfect picture to sum it up. I loved it. And and I think, if I'm not mistaken, it's one of my top two uh, viewed Twitter posts of all time. Oh, I think no it kidding. hit like 22,000 views. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. While the Leafs maneuvering here down in the offensive zone, they try feed it out front as we're in a one nothing game with 12.25 remaining in the first period. Delayed offside, so that gives Brandon Joy a chance to clear the zone. His attempt gets blocked by Randy Banks. Fed out front for Vince Ryan, but that's taken away by Jan Gobey. Promptly shot back into the zone, but a delayed offside gives Gallerneau some time to skate it out. Gallerno makes the lead pass for Ashley Andrews. She gets across the blue line, but it's stripped away from her by Vince Ryan. And he's got room to skate. Vince Ryan brings it up the near side wall. Checked closely by Chaz Miseraka. Ryan centers in front. Oh, big save by Justin Wack as he got just enough of that shot from Randy Banks to steer it aside. Justin made his national team debut a little bit earlier today, as Mike alluded to giving up a couple of goals in the third period, but no chance for Justin on those snipes from Tim Kane, both coming on the power play. As now his team, the Arenas, or the St. Pats, excuse me, trying to generate some offense of their own. There's the indicator of a good clean pass. Samuel Boom Boom Lamontagna tracks it to the far boards against Brian the Mack Truck Mackey. As Chaz Miseraka takes a sharp angle shot and scores! Oh, what a snipe by Miseraka. He rings it off the post 
and in, and we're all tied up at one. And that pressure from Misaraka has been coming on now for the last few shifts. So nice to see it pay off here. And you got yourself a 1-1 uh, game, 10.40 left here in the first period. Let's give a couple of shout-outs to our live chat thread, which is lighting up. Let's give a shout-out to Nicholas Villeneuve, to the Colorado Visionaries Blind Hockey Program. A uh, question come coming from Louis Charles saying, is Tunis playing forward today? Yes, he is for the St. Pats. As that shot from Foxcroft bounces in on Wack, and he is just able to squeeze it between his arm and his midsection to make the save. Hey, let's give a couple other shout-outs here, including one to Bill Oxford saying, come on, Nathan Tree, score, or I'll start messaging about Brexit. <laughs> Well done, Bill. Oh, what a shot. A oh, it trickles in. They're calling it a goal. I thought Wack made the save. The initial indication was a goal. Nobody's celebrating. Nope. I think they're going to talk this over. But yes, it is a goal. And it's Laura Mark who scores for the Leafs to put them up 2-1. Feel for uh, Wack on that one. It felt like he had it, but it's one of those where if you don't have full control of it, Almost like it's got a mind of its own, finds its way across the line, and that's all it needs. The St. Pats protest the call, but it stands as a goal. And the Leafs now in front, 2-1, to one, with 9-10 remaining here in the first period of play. Here goes James Ruddle for the St. Pats. Drops it back as he tried to feed it over to Steve Gallerno, but that's broken up by Graham Foxcroft. And now Foxcroft off to the races. He's got Mark with him. He's got to make a pass. Fitzpatrick trailing as well. Foxcroft tried to slide it over to Fitzpatrick. Now he gets possession. Sharp angle shot ends up behind the goal with 8.40 left in the first. Foxcroft hustles and gets to the loose puck as he centers it. And there's... Brandon Joy making a good play for the St. Pats. Fitzpatrick moves the puck into the near corner. Tries to feed it out front. Joy challenges him. And Joy able to clear it away to the near sideboards. I think Brandon Joy has the best Instagram handle here at the tournament. B underscore Flakes. He was telling me before the game that his nickname back home is Flaky. I said, buddy, that's amazing. <laughs> and he actually thanked me. I guess he got a few more followers out of it. So anytime, Brandon. Good job out there. He's wearing number 13 for the St. Pats. As they're pinned in their own zone right now. Randy Banks, miscommunication there with his teammate as the shot tracks to the near side and it's scooped up by Hugh or checked out by Jan Gobey. Gobey leads it ahead, intended for Mizoraka, but Jeff Martin comes in to intercept that pass. Butterfield tries to play it up the boards, gets it inside the St. Pat zone, but they promptly clear it back out. Teams exchanging puck possession, Dylan Bradbury in the thick of it, along with Brandon Joy, as here goes Jan Gobey for the St. Pats. Gobey shields it from the check of Vince Ryan. Gobey gets it back after a shot was blocked, feeds it to the far corner, but out of the reach of Ashley Andrews. 
Puck hops over the stick of Brandon Joy, and it'll be corralled now by Pierre Brisebois. Jan Gobey, nice move to sidestep a couple of checkers, makes the pass to Andrews, gets it back, and slides the shot wide on the near side, or over to the near corner as Butterfield tracks it behind the goal against Miseraka. Fired by Dylan Bradbury off the boards, but not out. Centered intended for Miseraka. And that reminds me, Dylan Bradbury has a special message that we have to pass on to one of our Canadian Blind Hockey family. We'll do so at the next whistle. As Ashley Andrews centers it for Jan Gobey. Shot right on. Mario Ross gets a big piece of it, but it trickles in. And we're all tied up at two on that goal from Jan Gobey. It looked like Ross... He's going to stop that, but it, almost like he just swept the stick so far to his right that he wasn't able to bring it back in time to really withstand the weight of the shot. And that puck was in off of his stick, and it's a 2-2 game. Well, let's give a shout-out and a special happy birthday wish to Emily McLean, who would normally be participating here at the tournament this weekend, but... Another multi-sport athlete. She's off at another competition. I believe it's a goalball event that she's at this weekend. But Dylan Bradbury said, hey, Emily, make sure you tune in on Sunday. We're going to give you a special birthday shout-out. Of course, we're missing Emily and her mom, Denise, here this weekend. But we hope you have a happy birthday. As the Leafs digging away for the puck, and it goes into the far corner for Laura Mark. Mark dishes it off to Fitzpatrick. He has his pocket picked. And here goes Samuel Lemontagna. Lemontagna brings it across the line. They go in just offside, and we'll get the stoppage with five minutes remaining in the period. Or again, some good comments on our chat thread as well, and we remind viewers that you can be a part of the broadcast by commenting on the live chat feed on our YouTube stream. Let us know who you're cheering on, where you're tuned in from. Just like Wayne Deck, who says, go James the Train Ruddle, as he's cheering on from Calgary. And then Brian Joy out in Newfoundland, congratulating Brandon on getting the Most Improved Player Award. And they're anxious to see his trophy when Brandon gets home. Samuel Lemontagne working the near sidewall, brings the puck into the zone. Centering attempt for Nathan Tunis gets picked off. Miseraka's trying to sweep it towards Tunis, but again, Foxcroft there defensively. Good work by Emily Molchan to tie up the stick of Miseraka, and here go the Leafs in transition. Fitzpatrick, lead pass to Foxcroft, and he sweeps it in on the backhander. The, the Leafs are back in front, 3-2 to two on that goal from Graham Foxcroft. Real good speed on that goal. So much so that Wack just wasn't given a, a real opportunity to pick up that puck, which ends up beating him on the far side. Left just a little bit too much of that far side goal open and not, unable to react in time to make the stop. Yeah, those plays are so challenging for the goaltenders, as you alluded to, Mike. They almost don't have an opportunity to really pick up the location of the puck when you go in with that kind of speed. And Foxcroft made them pay as he makes it a 3-2 game in favor of the Leafs. Here goes James the train ruddle as he brings the puck up the right wing. Taking it towards the face of goal. He'll actually go all the way behind the net. 
Checking some passing options. Centers for Mizoraka. He can't get a clean stick on it. Nathan Tree in the slot as well. Tree makes the play to hold it in. Good job as he passed it back to the point for Brisebois. The clean pass now completed for the St. Pats. Rutto behind the goal, centers out front. Brisebois pinches in from the point, takes a shot. Two yellow jerseys sprawling out to make the block. Mizoraka takes a shot, and John T gets his body in the way of that attempt. Another centering pass, and Rutto scores! James the Train, Rutto finds the back of the net, and we're all tied up at three. <laughs> And he just pulled the Austin Matthews That's move right. of indicating the goal himself <laughs> over the down-and-out goaltender on the play. Mario Ross thought he had a beat on it, but just fell on it a little too late, a fraction of a second too late. It squirts in underneath him. But Ruddle giving the extra little oomph there at the end, indicating, yep, that's a goal. That's in, baby. And a big goal for the St. Pats as they draw even here with a minute 45 remaining in the period. Again, some great comments on the chat thread. We'll get to that in a moment. But here goes Jan Gobey, stripped away from him by Dustin Butterfield. Played ahead, and now Butterfield has a chance to pinch in here and get some offense going for the Leafs. Butterfield has it stripped off his stick by Hugh LeDuc as the Ibu player skates it out of the zone and... A good lead pass up to his Ibu teammate, Jan Gobey. Gobey dishes it off to Ashley Andrews. She tries the shot from distance. Initial attempt is blocked. Steve Gallerno can't get a hold of the puck. And then Dylan Bradbury does well to backhand it out of pressure. They don't get very far as it's stripped away from Jamie Fodak. And it's played ahead to Steve Gallerno. Gallerno splits the D. Oh, brilliant defensive work there by Butterfield to tie up the stick. Gallerno chips it behind the goal. 48 seconds remaining here in the period. Leduc tries to strip it away from Fotak as it's now controlled by the St. Pats. Pass to Jan Gobey and he feathers that just wide to the far post. Good pressure right now from the St. Pats. The Leafs able to clear it out to center ice. Quickly it's dumped right back in with 25 seconds remaining in the period. Good hustle by Norman Blay to beat out Gallerno to that loose puck. As now it's on the stick of Fitzpatrick. The team's exchanging puck possession. It's brought into the attacking zone by Foxcroft. Brilliant back check by Mizoraka to tie up his stick. Final five seconds of the period ticking away. Maybe time for one more shot. Not doing there as Foxcroft gets run off the puck. And with the buzzer sounding, the teams will head to the break. All tied up at three. Mike, what a great first period. It certainly was. And a little chippiness here uh, after the whistle. A little bit of a mix, uh, mixing up there down low. But uh, the officials get in there and split them up. And you've got yourself a 3-3 three, three game here. And really it's been tit for tat all the way through. Absolutely. You score, I score. Back and forth we've gone. Well, we're not getting an intermission per se as we had in the previous games of the Open Division, but we will throw it over to the AMI boys for their quick thoughts about that first period of play. What a what a wide open uh, first period that was. <laughs> uh, offense, offense, offense. That's what I say, boys. You know, the thing uh, I enjoyed about that first period is that 
everybody got a turn. And what I mean by that is that there's an awful lot of names on the score sheet right now. Oh, absolutely. Cam? No, absolutely. It is nice to uh, see it spread around rather than uh, one person getting a double hat trick. So it is kind of nice to be able to, you know, uh, get the goals and assists all around. I think both goalies, although they've had in three goals each, uh, they've been pretty solid in that. I don't think uh, they can say for any of those goals that uh, they should have had them. I just love the uh, Austin Matthews point for the goal there from uh, James Riddle. A little bit of hometown uh, fun there. Let's send it back over to the broadcast team of uh, Mike Ross and Nico Cardarelli, guys. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Let's get everybody set for the second period here in this open division game between the Leafs and St. Pat's. We're all tied up at three after the opening 20 minutes. And it'll be Miseraka and Foxcroft to face off here in the second period. Puck drop. We're underway here in the second as Foxcroft advances it ahead to Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick tries to feed it back to Foxcroft. That gets broken up as Miseraka doing some good work there defensively. Centered in front just out of the reach of Laura Mark. As over to the far wall, it's La Montagna losing his footing, but he does a good job to get it past the defenseman, Poirier. Rolling puck, Tunis tries to corral it. It's picked up by Fitzpatrick as he flips it into the near corner. Foxcroft plays it behind the goal. There's the clean pass to Fitzpatrick. Wrestled away from him as La Montagna unable to clear the zone. Picked up by Miseraka behind his own goal. He plays that off the boards. And down the ice, it curls in, not enough for icing, so Foxcroft retrieves it now. Plays it to the far side wing. Vince Ryan gets on his horse and gets to the loose puck first. Tracks it all the way to the near side corner. Plays it back down low behind the goal, but nobody there in a yellow jersey, so that gives the St. Pats a chance to clear the pressure. Nathan Tunis takes possession. As he tries to gain the zone, poked away from him, the St. Pats, well, they can't get it in deep, and here goes Jeff Martin as one of the officials taking a spill. Martin makes the pass over to Randy Banks. That shot blocked as a good defensive effort there. Second opportunity ends up being blocked as well. And then a backhander from the point. Oh, my goodness. What a shot. We, that got skied way up in the air and almost dropped right in the goal. James Ruddle picks up the puck at the far side, hash marks. Can't clear the zone on the first attempt. Now Brandon Joy takes it out as he'll skate it to center ice and ends up losing possession to Jeff Martin. Ryan, oh, he gets a big hit there on Brandon Joy. No call, as it certainly seemed like Ryan extended a little bit on the hit. The play continues on. Randy Banks tries to center it for... Ryan, but a great job by Brandon Joy to tie up his stick. Those two going head-to-head -head right now. Puck over to the far side boards. Banks gets to it before LaRue as he plays it down low for Martin. It's been almost all Leafs here in this period as Martin takes the backhander right on, but a good save from Justin Wack as he closes the five hole and freezes it for the faceoff. Well, let's give a couple shout-outs here to our live chat thread, including that from Cheryl Miseraka cheering on from Stratford, Connecticut, 
the whole Miseraka family's watching and they say, go Chaz, go. And let's also give a shout out to Tessa Rankin cheering on the St. Pats and Ian. As Hugh LeDuc clears the puck to the line but not out on the first attempt, Jan Gobeg gets it across the zone on the second effort. Norman Blay has it taken off his stick by Jan Gobey as Dustin Butterfield gets to the loose puck before anybody else and clears it out. Fodak, head pass for the Mack truck. Beep, beep, here goes the Mack truck. Brian Mackey cuts in. Oh, just taken away at the last moment. As a good defensive play by Hugh LeDuc negates any opportunity for a goal. After a wide open first period that saw the teams exchange goals, six goals in the first period total, it's certainly become a more defensive battle, although the Leafs with the bulk of the opportunities here in the second. Hugh LeDuc first on the puck for the St. Pats. Lead pass out of the reach of Gobe. As it's off the boards and up the ice, Foxcroft hustling after it, beats out the icing. Great work by Foxcroft and, oh, I was gonna say bookmark that if they can capitalize, but Ashley Andrews takes it across center ice and plays it to the near side for Jan Gobey. Gobey shields it from a couple of defenders, passes it back out to the top of the blue line. That got knocked by Mark, but now it's on the stick of Gallerno. Gallerno back to the point. There's the good clean pass. It gets picked off moments later, and here goes Craig Fitzpatrick for the Leafs. Crowd now by Foxcroft. Makes the pass over to the far point. Matthew Poirier takes the shot, and that gets blocked by his numerical counterpart, Caleb Smith. Jan Gobey takes possession. Five minutes gone here in the period as Gallerno brings it into the offensive zone. Checked closely by his Hibu teammate, Matthew Poirier, but the Leafs able to clear the pressure back out across center. Smith has it stripped off his stick by Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick, drop pass. Nobody there in a yellow jersey to get it, so it's controlled by Nathan Tunis of the St. Pats. Sweeping at the puck was Samuel Lemontagna. He tried to get a shot on goal, but just couldn't quite get the handle. Now Gallerno takes it. Tunis makes the pass to Gallerno. There's the shot. Big pad saved by Mario Ross, and he holds on to the rebound. Fourteen oh five remaining here in the second period of play. Let's give a shout out to Danny Miseraka, who's cheering on the St. Pat's. She says, so proud of my brother Chaz and everybody out there. What a great game already. So grateful for this live stream so we can all tune in. And hey, how about Tiffany who's cheering on Dylan Bradbury, the pride of Bay Roberts, Newfoundland. She says, go Leafs, go. I'm soon not going to have a voice because I'm screaming, screaming so much at my phone. <laughs> Folks, thanks for tuning in and being a part of the broadcast by having your voice heard on our live chat thread. Miseraka comes up with a puck, tries to center it out front, but that one gets blocked by Vince Ryan. Miseraka takes the shot off the half wall from the hash marks, and that one almost ripped off the far post. And in, good pressure right now from the St. Pats. Miseraka comes up with it. He's got Nathan Tree parked in the slot, tries to feed it out to him, 
Pinching in from the point. There's the shot. What a block by John T. As he sprawls out to get a piece of that shot off the stick of Pierre Brisebois. Brisebois controls it. Dishes it to the far corner as his pass was intended for Tree. Off the boards, they smack it down the ice. No icing, as they say. It went off of a uh, St. Pat's player. So it'll be Miseraka to retrieve it from the near side corner. Vince Ryan takes a run at him. Ended up with his stick, but sportsmanlike effort there. He handed it right back to Miseraka. As Dominic LaRue has it stripped away from him by Ruddle. Ruddle has Tree going to the net, tries to feed it to him. Nathan Tree, oh my goodness, the battle, and he scores! James Ruddle tops it home after a great net front battle between Nathan Tree and John T. T pokes it over to Ruddle, and Ruddle gets his second of the game. That was a give and go, if I've ever seen one. <laughs> dishes, Ruddle dishes off into the slot, makes his way over towards the net behind all the defenders leaving himself wide open for what was really nothing but a tap-in. And, and yet you can miss those. You can, you can really miss those in close, but Ruddle did a fantastic job of getting open and of putting that one into the open cage. A big goal there for the St. Pats. They take the lead 4-3. to three. We're getting some great comments on the chat thread. We'll get to those in a little bit here, but Ruddle with his second of the game, putting his team back in front now. As, well, we will probably be getting a goaltending change soon for the St. Pats as a delayed offside ends up being whistled down. Oliver Pye, who's here playing in his first ever national tournament, was fantastic between the pipes yesterday for the St. Pats. And we anticipate him coming into this game momentarily. We get a couple of questions about the puck on the live chat thread. We'll get to that in a moment as here goes Steve Gallerno. He's got Jan Gobey with him. Gallerno feeds it to Gobey, but a great job by Dustin Butterfield to tie up the stick of Gobey, ensuring he couldn't get a clean shot away. Puck centered to the hash marks. Gallerno slides it just wide. Oh my goodness, Gobey tried to tuck it home. And there Gallerno pops it over top of the goalie to make it 5-3. to three. No quit in that play from Gallerno and Gobey, and eventually they're rewarded for their efforts. And the pressure here has uh, been put on by St. Pat's a lot in this period. I mean, it feels like the ice has sort of been tilted towards the, uh, the Leafs' end. And there's the goalie switch you were talking about happening right now. So Justin Wack out of this game after a great effort. And he'll be replaced by his teammate, Oliver Pye, as Pye gets set to take the net with those Marc-Andre Fleury-esque pads from his time with the Penguins. Gotta love that color scheme. So we're getting some questions about the puck. It is different than a traditional hockey puck. It's about four, three to four times larger than a standard hockey puck. It's made out of metal and it's got ball bearings inside of it. So it's quite loud when it moves. It really helps the players track the puck. All of the players are legally blind and we have a varying degree of vision on the ice. 
Nobody with more than 10, well, actually, I shouldn't say that. In the open division, you could have more than 10%. But typically, in most of the divisions, you're limited to 10% vision or less. If you're wearing a black helmet, you're a B3. That means you've got up to 10% vision. If you're a white helmet, you're a B2. That means you have at most 5% vision. And if you're a red helmet or a goaltender, you're a B1, which means you have less than 1% vision. Fitzpatrick, the B2, centers it out front for Laura Mark, but that one knocked away from her. Fitz, uh, Foxcroft makes the pass, or flips it over to the far side boards. Breezeball plays it back to the near side with eight and a half minutes remaining in the period. Tunis digging away for it against Emily Molchan. Foxcroft has it taken away by La Montagna. Foxcroft gets it right back, dumps it into the zone. Fitzpatrick gets to it ahead of Breezebaugh. Fitzpatrick centering attempt for Laura Mark. That one gets knocked down as it's back to the line. And unable to hold the line is Poirier. And here goes a break the other way for the St. Pats, but they bring it in. Well, they would have been offside had they touched it, but Fitzpatrick going up the ice the other way for the Leafs. Fitzpatrick dumps it in at the end of a shift. He'll peel off for a change. And that'll give the St. Pats some time to break out. Tunis working up the near wing. Checked closely by John T. Centering attempt cleared away. Good defensive play by Poirier to get a stick on that. Kept in. Nice work there by Breezebaugh pinching in from the point to keep the play alive. And now the Leafs move it out through the neutral zone. Gallerno. With some fancy stick handling, he almost deked himself out before the puck stripped away by Jeff Martin. Martin makes the pass over to Randy Banks, kicks it to himself, back to Martin! He tries to tuck it home! Oh, what a save by Oliver Pye! Are you kidding me? He flashes the glove hand and stones Martin of what looked to be a sure goal. He left that left side of the net wide open, almost almost daring him to put it in and then just shut the door on him. Absolutely fantastic save. If, you, uh, if you're the Leafs, you really want that one back. You want, you want to bury that one hard. Off the face off, the Leafs. Well, they're trying to mount some pressure now, trailing by two, but it's cleared out through center ice by Nathan Tree, who's coming to us all the way from Oxford, England, and we're so happy to have Nathan back again. And hey, we have to give him and his fiancée, Jeannie, some congratulations. They got engaged just a couple of months ago, and we told him, Nathan, we love you, but you better not come here for your honeymoon. Make sure you guys stay far away from blind hockey over that period. As there's a shot right on. Oh, Mario Ross shuts the door on James Ruddle for that great chance. Physical play picking up a little bit as well, these two teams want to finish the tournament on a winning note. Let's give a shout out to Leah Bonnie Brisebois cheering on her father, Pierre Brisebois, wearing number five for the St. Pats. And let's give a shout out to Nicholas Villeneuve as well, as he's loving the action here. (laughs) 
Great comment by Wayne Deck. He says, look both ways when James the Train Ruddle is coming, as Ruddle already with a couple of goals in this game. His team working for more as they lead 5-3 here against the Leafs. Miseraka makes the pass back to Gobey. Shot right on. Good blocker saved by Ross. And then he freezes it for the faceoff. Off the ensuing face-off, the team scramble for possession. It was intended for Ashley Andrews just out of her reach. Miseraka tries to settle down the rolling puck as it's poked away from Jan Gobey. Gobey brings it back across the blue line, making the pass over to Ashley Andrews. Andrews tries to get the shot off, but that's blocked by Brian Mackey. Mackey sends it down the ice, and now Jamie Fotak streaking after it. Brings it over to the far side corner, where it's taken off of his stick by Ian Ruddle. Here goes Jan Gobey back the other way for the St. Pats. Gobey has Miseraka with him. Needs to make the pass, feeds it over to Miseraka, but brilliant defensive work by Butterfield tying him up, and then Miseraka crashes into the goalie. So they'll whistle it down. Leafs have uh, seemed to tighten up defensively here in the last couple of minutes. Offensively, they still need to push. They've got a period and change left here. Down two goals. You wonder when they're going to start taking more of those chances and looking to cut the deficit to one and hopefully uh, for them then tying it up. The Leafs clear the puck out of the zone with three minutes remaining here in the second period. Foxcroft brings it in, makes... Well, he tried to feed it over to Fitzpatrick. They couldn't quite connect on the pass as Foxcroft retakes possession. Feeds it back out to the top of the point for Poirier. He's tied up by La Montagna and on the delayed offside. That'll give Breezeboss some time to control it in the far corner. The Leafs thought they had cleared the zone already. Nothing doing as Foxcroft has to track it back in his own zone in the near corner. Here go the Leafs. Laura Mark brings it across the zone. Makes the pass ahead to Foxcroft. That one just out of his reach. Corrals it back in front to Mark and she tips it just wide to the far post. Mark tries to center it for Fitzpatrick. That one broken up. As that was Breezebaugh dumping it down the ice, making a good play for the St. Pats. Well, the St. Pats with a dicey line change there. We've already had a few too many skaters on the ice called this weekend. But there they get away with one. And now it leads to a two-on-one. Tunis with the shot. It just goes wide. Miseraka tracks it behind the goal. Thinking about a wraparound, but that's blocked by Poirier. They continue to dig away for it on the goal mouth scramble. La Montagna and Tunis trying to whack at the puck to get it past Ross, but he covers the bottom well. Miseraka centered out front, and then a whistle coming, I think a crease violation potentially against the St. Pats, but either way, a stoppage with 11 or 1.15 left in the period. 
Off the face-off, they scrum for the puck. Comes out to the line, held in momentarily. Nice job there, as that was Randy Nelson holding the line. 35 seconds remaining in the period as the St. Pats trying to add to their lead. Swept out in front, just out of the reach of Gallarneau and cleared down the ice by the Leafs. Hugh Leduc gets to the puck. Randy Banks tracking him into the corner. 15 seconds remaining in the period. The pass was made, but then it was stripped away by Ruddle as Martin able to hold the zone for the moment. And now it's back across the blue line. Three seconds left in the period. Vince Ryan has it, puts it towards the front of goal, but the buzzer sounds, and that'll do it for the second period. After two periods of play, it's the St. Pats with a 5-3 lead over the Leafs. Pretty solid period of action. A little bit more end-to-end in that second half of the period. Be interesting to see what we get here in the third whether the Leafs start to opening themselves up a little bit, taking a few more chances, looking for those maybe riskier passes, but those riskier passes sometimes coming with higher rewards. So we'll see if they're able to cut in on the deficit here, down two goals. For more analysis on that second period, let's rejoin the boys from the neutral zone. Let's touch base with Brock, Brett, and Cam. Guys, it's uh, kind of been a... Wide open period from the uh, St. Pat's. The Leafs have kind of slowed down, as uh, as noted just a couple of seconds ago by Mike Ross. So, uh, what do you guys think? I actually think that that's probably was part of their game plan. Just slow them down as the the game goes on, and just wear them wear them down. Get the get the lead early, and just not necessarily be sit back on their heels, but uh, slow them down through that second period, and uh, maybe. Sit back a little bit in this third. Cam? Yeah, the Leafs, they've got to put a lot of pressure on uh, the St. Pats. Uh, the Leafs have uh, played really well against the St. Pats, so I'm quite um, astonished that uh, the St. Pats are up uh, 5-3 going into the uh, third period, to be quite honest with you. So they're going to have to uh, cheat a lot. They're going to have to pinch and uh, try to get a couple goals. We will send it back to Mike Ross and Nico Cardarelli for third period action. Guys? Thank you very much, gentlemen. We're getting set for the third period here in this open division game between the Leafs and the St. Pats. The St. Pats leading at 5-3 as Mike Ross doing his best air guitar impression. You can really shred, brother. Oh, I've played the bass. <laughs> it's all about the bass. Slap of the bass. About the base. No treble. <laughs> the St. Pat's moving the puck around the wall. Butterfield lets a rocket fly from the point, but it tracks over to the far corner. Good clearance that time by Caleb Smith. Butterfield first on it. Poked away from him by Jan Gobey. Gobey in the near corner. Tries to feather it out front. That one gets broken up by Fodak. Played ahead, intended for Brian Mackey. Just off his stick and cleared out by Ian Rankin. Puck to the line. Fodak unable to hold it in the zone. And now it's on the stick of Gallerno. Gallerno chips it into the far corner where Ashley Andrews skates after it. 
Andrews and Butterfield tie up. Gobey gets to the loose puck. It's played back to the line where Brandon Joy plays it near side to Pierre Brisebois. He lets the shot go. That gets knocked down by Gobey, and then his shot just goes wide. Great effort there by Pierre Brisebois, not only to hold the line, but to let the shot go. Dylan Bradbury starting to skate it out here for the Leafs. Good shift there from Bradbury on defense. He peels off for a change. And now Gobey tracks it to the near side hash marks. Centering pass ahead for Ashley Andrews. She gets it back to Mizoraka who makes the pass to Gobey. Oh, he just loses the handle on the puck as he was skating through the high slot. Gobey tries to backhand it out front for Mizoraka. That gets broken up. By Brian, Mac, by Brian Mackey as Breezeball with the shot from the point swept away by Poirier. Centered in front. Gobey can't corral it cleanly. Mizoraka tries the wraparound, but that also gets stopped. Good defensive collapsing there from the Leafs to take away that goal scoring chance. Puck played out to center ice where Miseraka comes up with it, sidesteps a couple of defenders. He's got a winger with him. He's got La Montagna trailing. Miseraka tries to feed it over to La Montagna. Tunis there as well. Tunis sweeps it back in front. Miseraka shoots, and that just goes wide to the far post. Kept in at the line momentarily by Hugh LeDuc. He does well to get around one defender. The St. Pats have the Leafs pinned in their zone. Tunis takes a shot. That one gets knocked down by Norman Blais. Blais can't clear the pressure as Hugh LeDuc making a good play for the St. Pats to keep the pressure on. LeDuc hustles over to the far line and just holds the blue line. That was a close call as Poirier takes possession now for the Leafs. He sends that one down the middle of the ice, tracking to the near side corner. Not enough on it for icing. Tunis, he gets checked off the puck by Foxcroft. Fitzpatrick plays it into the corner for Foxcroft. Tries to center it, but that gets broken up by Breezebaugh. Great defensive play there. Pass the head, and here's a 2-on-0. It's Gallerno and La Montagna. He makes the pass to La Montagna. Shoots, oh, what a save by Mario Ross. Bookmark that if the Leafs can come back. That was a critical save by Ross on a two-on-O. Played back to the point. Nothing doing yet as pinching in was Ian Rankin. But now it's on the stick of Craig Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick has it taken away by Rankin who hammers it back in. As the team's... Battling for it through the blue lines, it's Fitzpatrick who sends it around the far side boards. The Leafs putting pressure on. Laura Mark takes a shot towards the goal. It gets blocked by Rankin and sent out to center ice. Teams making changes on the fly. It's picked up now by Nathan Tree. Nathan stick handling with confidence as he takes the puck into the zone. Tree still has it on his stick, makes the drop pass to Gallerno, and then Fitzpatrick comes in and pokes it away from him. 
Fitzpatrick. He's got Banks with him up the right wing, but that's broken up. Good defensive play by Brandon Joy on that two-on-one. Ooh, Ruddle ended up hitting the ice, and in the back of his helmet slammed against. He, uh, he's a little shaken up there for sure. We'll keep an eye on James Ruddle. As the puck goes into the near corner off that shot. And it's Nathan Tree digging away for the puck. Tree shielding it there from a couple of defenders. Played back to the line, uh, line for Brandon Joyce. Stripped away from him. And here goes Vince Ryan. Vince Ryan, he's got Butterfield and Martin trailing him, but he can't feed the pass through. Brilliant defensive play by Brisebois. Back to the line. Bradbury had his stick lifted by Miseraka. And the two-on-O potentially ends up being all for naught. The St. Pats get it back into the zone. Miseraka picks it up. There's the clean pass as he fed it over to Brandon Joy. Randy Banks losing an edge but makes a great play to shoot the puck across the line. 8.45 left in the third period. The score, 5-3 for the St. Pats over the Leafs. The St. Pats wearing the red jerseys. The Leafs have possession as Jeff Martin rips a shot, a good save by Oliver Pye, and then he freezes it with eight and a half left in the period. Man, you are a talented musician. You can play the air guitar. You can play the air drums. Is there anything you can't do, I Mike watch Ross? A lot, I watch a lot of YouTube. <laughs> Cat videos or? No. Okay. Kids playing the drums. <laughs> They're very talented kids on YouTube. Speaking of drummers, did you know Joseph Del Grande in our select series is an avid drummer? I did not know that. Yeah, it's one of his hobbies. He'll be turning 60 in a week from now. As Brian Mackey takes the puck, centers it out front, but that gets blocked. Matthew Poirier tries to feed it back out, and nothing doing on that attempt. Here goes Lemontagna back the other way. Lemontagna had Jan Gobey in front. Now he makes the pass over to Gobey, sweeps the shot right on. A big rebound, two huge saves by Ross as he stymies the St. Pats with those chances, and then it's whistled down for a crease violation. Oh, there, there you go. You ask, your wish is granted. The power of Twitter, my friends. <laughs> so, this became the Leafs goal song. Yes. Out of training camp this year. The story goes that the PR guys mm -hmm. were just kind of goofing on it during the preseason, during training camp. Okay. But then it just sort of caught on. And everybody started sort of walking around and going, doot, doot, doot. Come on. And it just stuck. And it was, we played it once Ugh. for one preseason game, and people loved it. And now when we play it, yep. long after it's faded, the crowd is still, still singing, singing along with it. <laughs> That's so amazing. It, it caught on beautifully. It's worked well. And we even got tweeted at the Maple Leafs by Hall and Oates. No way. They sent out a tweet one night. I can't remember who we were playing, oh gosh, but they said, amazing. "We sure hope we hear a lot of um, 
uh, I sure hope we, we hear a lot of goal celebrations by the Maple Leafs tonight from the official account of Hall & Oates. <laughs> That's incredible. <Yeah. laughs> well, we got to give the Leafs, the actual Toronto Maple Leafs, a ton of credit for what they've been doing behind the scenes, off the ice. I've been so impressed with the way Game Ops has really stepped things up over the past few years. James Ruddle with the chance, he shoots. He's celebrating like it's a goal. The referees check out the position of the puck. And it is a goal, James Ruddle. Well, actually, is it? They haven't actually signaled. Ruddle's well, still celebrating. Until Ruddle actually points. <laughs> which, which he, he is. is now. <laughs> He's saying that's a goal. I don't the think the officials are buying. Not oh, buying what he's selling. <laughs> I think and it's a goal. They're coming back to center ice. So it's a goal for James Ruddle, <laughs> and it's great to see him back on the ice after taking that crash down hard and his head hit the back of the ice. But there he scores another goal, and it's now six-three for the St. Pats. Jeez, it was almost like the Hall and Oates predicted what was about to come. Yeah, no kidding. As here go the Leafs into the zone, led by Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick in the far corner, shovels it out front, Pie gets a piece of it, and then a quick whistle brings a stoppage to play with 4.30 remaining in the third. The hat trick goal for James the Pain Train Ruddle as the big man gets the job done. Take a bit of a ride on the Pain Train. He's took a big run at the boards on that last one, but he's all right. He's back on the bench now. But he plays with a certain reckless abandon, doesn't he? Absolutely, it's a fine line that he walks. Dustin Butterfield makes the play as Jan Gobey retakes possession for the St. Pats. Brandon Joy passes it ahead to Mizoraka, whose shot just trickles wide. Mizoraka cycling around the far side. Not being checked closely at all there by Vince Ryan. And Mizoraka scores! Wow. What a snipe there from Chaz Mizoraka. But frankly, that's some pretty bad defense from Vince Ryan. It was. But I want to, I still think Mizoraka deserves the credit for the, the skating ability there. And pulling the puck from down low, back up towards the blue line. Bit of a spinorama off the defender to find himself back in the slot and then let the, sh the shot go. It's almost like he lulled the defense to mm. sleep and, and just got them all to sort of stand there stationary and, and give him that shooting lane. So Chaz Mizoraka increases the lead here for the St. Pats. It's now 7-3 and they get the puck in deep again with just 2.45 remaining here in the period. The Leafs dig it out as Brian Mackey sends it up the ice. Jamie Fodak feeds it back in front for Mackey, but it's broken up by Gallerno on the back check. Puck shot ahead, and it's secured now by La Montagna. He's got Tunis heading to the net, but the lead pass just out of his reach. Nathan Tunis tries to center that one. It's broken up. Gallerno at the near side wall ends up firing it behind the goal. Where it's Norman Blay playing it to the far corner. 
Puck to the line, held in by Hugh LeDuc. As La Montagna receives the clean pass, centers for Tunis, and he just couldn't get his stick down to make the top in. Gallerno takes it to the far side of the goal. The wraparound gets sniffed out by Poirier as we've got a minute 45 remaining here in the third period. Tunis loses his footing as it's Norman Blais who comes in and takes the puck away. Fodak does well to get around Hugh LeDuc. He'll take the puck up here, but he's the lone yellow jersey in the zone. The drop pass now picked up as Norman Blais takes the shot. Oh, it trickles just wide. Blay makes the pass to Fodak. His shot, big save there by Pai as the paddle down and he gets a piece of the puck. Shot down the ice by the St. Pats. It'll be Dominic LaRue to scoop it up for the Leafs, playing it around to the far corner where it's hammered back to the near side by Ian Rankin. Inside the final minute here of the third period as the St. Pats with a... Big lead now, 7-3 over the Leafs. Checking out the comments on our live chat thread. A lot of support for James the Train Ruddle. People happy he's back in action, including his sister Lana, who's enjoying the action. And Tiffany from Newfoundland cheering on Dylan. Puck comes out to center ice. John T makes the play. 17 seconds left here in the game as Nathan Tree brings the puck into the zone. Nice work there by Fitzpatrick to play it with his hand out of the zone. We get Rock and Rory chiming in as well. Of course, that's Rory McDonald, one of the goaltenders in our youth and children division. And that does it. The final buzzer sounds. The St. Pats take the game 7-3. to three. They pour off the bench as they sweep the series, taking all three games here in the open division. Well, what started over the first 40 minutes is a pretty back-and-forth affair. It really opened up here in the third and Really a strong, strong offensive uh, performance here for uh, the St. Pats. And at least just not able to respond, neither offensively or defensively. If anything, it looked like they might have been a little bit out of gas in that third period. And the uh, skating ability of the uh, St. Pats team really shining through in that third. A great weekend of hockey action, and I can't believe we only have one more game left. I mean, this weekend has flown by. I think, how many, you know, I'm going to do a quick count. I think we had 18 games total this weekend. It, it seems like it just started a couple hours ago. I can't believe we're already on to our last game here. Well, we get the players shaking hands at center ice and then the medal presentation for the open division the St. Pats take this game 7-3. to three. We'll stay with the action during the medal presentation, but for some post-game analysis and more thoughts from the boys from the neutral zone, let's rejoin the guys from AMI. It's Cam, Brock, and Brett. Thank you, gentlemen. A great open division game. Final score being 7-3 uh, to three for... Uh, the Pats, who ended up uh, winning all three games. That was one of the more entertaining games of the weekend, gentlemen. Thoughts? 
I don't think that this score is indicative of how both teams played. I, I honestly believe that it was evenly matched throughout. And as we've seen all weekend, uh, an odd bounce here and there, and that's the difference. Cam? Uh, well, I'm going to have to disagree with Brett. I just think that the St. Pat's uh, totally dominated the game. Um, if it wasn't for Mario Ross, and I was about to say Mike Rossi, but he was sitting next to me, so it's Mario Ross that was actually in hmm. goal. Um, he played a phenomenal game, and he kept uh, the Leafs in the, um, in the game. So, uh, you know, kudos to the St. Pats. Uh, they had a really good weekend. And uh, James Ruddle, um, we were kind of talking before about how, uh, you know, both teams, they were kind of evening up the scoring and uh, passing it around. And James Ruddle, he got a hat trick. Yeah, he had a uh, great game. And we've seen a couple of uh, hat tricks and uh, double hat tricks. Are we going down to ice level for the presentation? Yes, no, maybe so. No, I'm being told no. There is medals being handed out uh, right now, but we will uh, continue giving you a post-game reaction. Uh, I just think Doug Gilmore is in the building, folks, as it was just announced. I just think that was one of the, um, the more entertaining games. I mean... It was a high-scoring game. wasn't as high as the game we saw this morning, but uh, it was really, really entertaining. And I think if I was in this division, I'd be really happy with the uh, end result of the weekend. Absolutely. The uh, open division, it was a pleasure watching them. And, um, you know, the, um, the uh, Canadian Blind Hockey Tournament um, open division, um, it's kind of grown over the years. And it's going to be nice to see some more players uh, moving up the ranks uh, next year to play in the Open Division. Yeah, just in the two years that we've been here, the Open Division is uh, leaps and bounds what it was uh, before. So, Brett, thoughts? And I think what you're going to notice in the next uh, year, or at least going forward, that, that some of these individuals who are playing in the Open Division will find a spot on Team Canada at some point. A la James Ruddle. A la James Ruddle. Yeah. You got to maybe look at Mario Ross, too. I was gonna, yep. You know, uh, potentially he's going to be on the uh, select Team Canada as well. Uh, he played really well, but it's going to be uh, pretty hard to unseat uh, Joey Cabral. Brett, I have a question for you. Would you ever go in goal, put a blindfold on, and let someone shoot a puck at you? That's a really good question. Yes? And your answer would be what? Well, yeah, you know what? I probably would. I was going to give you a different answer and in a roundabout way would answer the exact same way I just did. But I I think I'm just going to be straight up and say yes. Yes, I would. Who would you let uh, take the shot? Pick me, pick me. Um... I would let you take the shot, Brock. <laughs> because you don't think I'd hit the net. This is the way you're going, yeah? Well, you... You wouldn't want someone like Americo Morey uh, taking that shot on you? Brock, your dexterity is not nearly as good as someone like Cameron. So if we're talking about just the panel, I would say you. Would you let uh, Jason Yuha, who we're going to see in a little while, take a shot at you being blindfolded? 
Uh, yes, because he would totally miss me and put the puck in the back of the net. Fair enough. Guys, we've been here. Uh, this is our second year. What for you guys is the biggest difference uh, this year in comparison to last year for us? Um, the biggest um, comparison uh, year over year for me is I understood the rules a lot more uh, about the game, so I was able to more um, look at what they were doing, the plays that they were making. Um, compared to last year, I was always wondering, well, why are they having to make that uh, one pass when they're in the offensive zone? Or I was enamored with the puck and the way it is with the ball bearings uh, in the puck. So I think, um, you know, year over year for me personally, um, broadcasting uh, the tournament, um, those are a couple are the reasons that I'm enjoying a lot more this year. Brett? Yeah, I think last year was uh, a feeling out process. We didn't know what to expect. We were brand new to the sport. And now that we've got now two tournaments almost completely under our belt, I, I'm just looking forward to next year because we, we now have a complete and full understanding of what to expect. And we don't necessarily know what to expect in terms of the quality of play. We're going to assume that it's going to be a lot better because I, even in one year, we've noticed that the play has become a lot better. Oh, with that select division, it's absolutely phenomenal with uh, the skill level that they have, um, the passing, uh, the defense that they're doing, the goaltending. Um, having that select uh, division this year, uh, it's growing this sport by leaps and bounds. And even though we didn't co cover any of the, uh, the younger or the youth divisions, uh, very much sitting here watching them. I'm just excited to see how they progress in the next two three four years Yeah, I mean I was gonna say the same thing. It's, it's the youth uh, Division that is where you should um, Start because as we've alluded to many a times if you don't have uh, youth you're not going to have uh, longevity in the sport for a very long time because you need those grassroots level. If you got now, you've watched two full tournaments, and although there are subtle differences, uh, would you like to see some sort of rule change that would make it better, or is it good the way it is? I think in the select division, I would like to see the one pass uh, once you're in the offensive zone taken away, to be quite honest with you. Um, so many times, whether it's a Jason Yuha, um, you know, someone like that, they're able to, um, you know, get a breakaway um, and they have to wait. Brett? Yeah, just like Cameron said, uh, the one pass rule in the, uh, the uh, younger uh, divisions, uh, it doesn't uh, make much sense to me uh, seeing it live but I understand why they put it in in the youth division because they want to teach the rules from that age going forward. The one thing for me that I'd love to see change and I don't know exactly how this looks but when you do another uh, prototype for a hockey puck I'd like to see them figure out a way to make it so that it's not as bouncy and I know Cam sort of uh, not sort of. Cam disagrees <laughs> with this uh, this sediment, but Brett and, I, Brett and I had this discussion. I would just like to see the puck stay on the ice a little bit more. Obviously, this is going to make the 
bounces and the, um, you know, those sort of cheap goals not go in. And to me, the goalie is sort of handcuffed when it's in the air because it's not, it's not making noise, right? So I just feel that if there's a way in the next prototype to keep the puck on the ice as much as you can, that would be good. I started thinking about this over the last couple of days, and I don't understand why they can't just make create a, a smaller puck, standard size, and have like a beeper in it. But uh, we can talk about that another time. Yes, on that note, we are going to uh, take a break, and we're going to preview the uh, select division game, which is going to be a dandy coming up shortly. You're with us here at the 2019 Canadian Blind Hockey Championships on AMI-audio Live. Stay with us. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts. Join me every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts. I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping On Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts. Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Shaun of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts. Hi, I'm Stephen Scott. Join me every day for Double Tap. It's a show where we occasionally talk about technology for blind and partially sighted people. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts.